Throughout the Bible, caring for the poor and the oppressed is one of the most frequent things God commands of his people. In an act that should shock us, King Jesus frequently compares himself with the least of these. For those who follow Christ, God has put on them the special task of loving those less fortunate, even at great cost to ourselves. From Deuteronomy to Revelation, the God of the universe has called his people to serve their neighbors. For American Christians, that includes caring for our brothers and sisters living on the streets. He has asked them to sacrifice their own needs for the good of others, and to value people equally as created in the image of God. During the COVID-19 pandemic, this calling is being tested like never before. Over the last few months, I have been reaching out to people in the LSQ community to see how they are handling the COVID-19 pandemic. This is the final segment of four in-depth conversations with our brothers and sisters about how they handle faith and how it changes every aspect of their lives. In this episode, we focus on how one handles the Christian obligation to care for the poor among us. That of course brings about many questions. What does it mean for the church to care for the poor? Why can there sometimes be such a divide between us and them? How does Jesus compel Christians to mobilize their faith to actively change their own blocks, cities, and streets? I'm Ian Costin, and all of that and more is on this episode of LSQ Convos. Let's get started. A little bit about my guest. He is a major gifts officer at the Bowery Mission. He has been attending LSQ since launch Sunday in 2017. There, he started dating his now wife, Megan. He is a diehard Rockies and Nuggets fan, and it is my pleasure to talk about poverty and the church with my good friend, Matt Dishman. Hey, Matt. Hey, Ian. Thanks for having me. You have a really great story that I'd love for our audience to hear. Would you mind sharing how you were raised and even trained to love those among us that are less fortunate? Yeah, I was um, raised by some incredible parents, incredible Christian parents. Uh, my dad is definitely the person I look up to the most in my life. Uh, my mother is an amazing woman. Um, and my parents have, uh, well, they've been on staff with crew for over 35 years now. And so um, I was raised witnessing my parents do ministry growing up. And um, my parents, I feel like, have a very good understanding of um, just social economic status, I guess, mm. and um, where they stand in that and how um, we would interact with our neighbors within that. Um, I have some early memories of doing boxes of love with my mm. parents and giving away food and valuables around uh, the holidays. I remember traveling with my dad uh, to India to be able to witness um, poverty there uh, in Calcutta and Bangalore, um, as well as in uh, South Africa, hmm. uh, in some townships outside of Cape Town. So, so I was very privileged to be able to not only witness, um, I guess, economic differences here in the United States, but also globally. Um, mm. And so my parents did a, a big part of that uh, and really instilled a passion for me for that. When it comes to the poor in our own city, what are some misconceptions do you think people have? Totally. Um, great question. I 
think it's a common misconception to believe that um, you and I, Ian, are maybe very far away from experiencing homelessness. Mm. And maybe we are. I mean, it, I like to see privilege as safety nets and how many safety nets one has in their life uh, to fall through before they might find themselves on the street, you know, uh, without a meal. And um, praise God, I have a lot of safety nets in my life uh, with my family and, and whatnot. But I think it's a common misconception to believe that any person you might see on the street or someone who might be experiencing homelessness um, is heavily addicted to something or they are very bad with their money or they don't have a desire to, to get a job or to work. Um, the majority of people um, just, you know, are one step away from experiencing homelessness, especially here in New York. I mean, here in New York, um, I believe one in five people today are paying more of more than half of their income in rent. And um, that's substantial when you think about half of your income going to paying for rent. And then you're thinking about who you're housing within that apartment um, and how much food you need to buy for that family or, you know, group of people. And so someone like that really might be one crisis away from experiencing homelessness. And um, this COVID pandemic for a lot of people has been that crisis. Mm -hmm. And people have lost work. Um, uh, you know, the city and the state have been doing a lot to make sure that people aren't evicted from their homes. But um, that clock is ticking, and um, home homeowners are want their rent, justifiably so. And so, um, I think it's a misconception to believe that um, homelessness is a very far step away. Because for a lot of people. Um, it's 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 a pretty ordinary outcome, I guess, um, and uh, yeah. And then a, a, another misconception I would think of is that you know if I give this person a dollar, they're instantly going to go buy alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people. Uh, sure, that happens. Um, but if you help someone out on the subway, if you help someone out on the corner, um, they might really need food, or they might just really need water. You know. Yeah. Or maybe they just need someone to talk to. And mm. so when I see someone on the corner, uh, I try to make eye contact, at least say hello, mm -hmm. you know, and um, either help them or, or tell them, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. Um, mm. uh, and if I have more time, explain about where I work, you know, and, and invite them to come down to the Barry Mission. Um, but for a long time, I believed that if I gave someone money, they would act instantly um, – I would just be enabling their addiction. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's less common than mm -hmm. we think. For sure. That's very insightful. I definitely fall into that trap myself way too often. Yeah, Ian, I mean, I remember you being down at the Bowery for Thanksgiving Day. And I, um, it's fascinating to see who turns up for a free Thanksgiving meal down at the mm -hmm. Bowery. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you're preconceived notions will probably be challenged about who, who, who comes. In every LSQ convo, there's so much more to dive into, no matter the topic. A Christian understanding of serving others is no different. 
For more resources on helping others, the Bowery Mission, and what they do to help our brothers and sisters in the city, please visit Bowery.org. That's B-O-W-E-R-Y dot O-R-G. Now, back to our convo with Matt. We're back here with Matt Dishman of the Bowery Mission. Matt, do you think we would do well to not just serve, but also try and learn from those who have come across hardships? Yeah, I think um, what I think of is, of course, uh, you do not need to serve the homeless community to earn salvation, right? Um, serving a the poor community uh, is, is not... <laughs> A rite of passage or we, we don't want to do anything to add to our legalism um but and and to further you know god doesn't need the bowery mission he can mm-hmm. operate without the bowery mission mm-hmm. um but like everything god invites us to participate in the work he's doing mm-hmm. um and redeeming all people and all people includes our brothers and sisters out on the sidewalk and mm-hmm. on the corner um God loves them just as much as he loves me and you. And that blows my mind all the time. It's just mm-hmm. how much he cared for every person on the sidewalk. Um, I pass a guy every day who is intoxicated all the time, mm-hmm. but God loves him so much, you know? And like, I pray for him all the time. I pray that somehow he would, um, experience the love of christ and i god invites us to be able to be a part of that and that's just exciting and really cool and so i guess um what a christian might be missing out on is just a really cool opportunity to get to know other people that god really cares about um and in the gospels jesus doesn't beat around the bush in terms of caring for the poor i mean Mm -hmm. he he is very direct Mm -hmm. in terms of uh giving and serving the poor and so, um, you know, if, if, if one were to just read the Gospels, I, I feel like it's a pretty um, direct command and something that we should all, you know, push to do. During this pandemic, how have you seen all these problems aggravated? Yeah, um, one of our clients actually said um, the following, and it's something I'll never forget. Uh, he was He was talking about, how coronavirus is going to change his life. And he said, you know, COVID's not really going to change my life because people are already treat me like I have a virus. Wow. People avoid me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that hit hard. I was like, wow. Huh. Um, so there's some people on that perspective and that end uh, that thinks that life hasn't changed much. Um, but uh, for a lot of the homeless community, Life has changed pretty just drastically, mm-hmm. um, and uh, especially when the city shut down. I mean, people lost access to public bathrooms uh, in a time where hygiene was more important than ever. Mm-hmm. People didn't have a place to wash their hands, go go to the bathroom even, mm-hmm. um, let alone sleep somewhere. But um, you know, people had to use the restroom on the sidewalk, um, mm-hmm. and people couldn't wash their hands, and people didn't have access to masks. Um, and then the city shelters, you know, uh, those had to be decompressed, um, which is what they're calling to try to separate beds mm-hmm. to promote social distancing 
social distancing as much as they can. But I mean, of course, there's still people sleeping um, all together on the floor. And so they're at risk. They're at risk for spread. Um, and so it's just a vulnerable community right now. Um, and it's a community that is going to stay vulnerable um, until we have a vaccine and can distribute that amongst this community. Uh, I'm particularly concerned about flu season in this fall. And um, I really don't know how we shelter, um, you know, the thousands and thousands of people experiencing homelessness in New York this winter um, mm -hmm. to keep people safe and to keep people um give people a warm place to sleep in and, and to survive the night, literally survive the night. Um, and uh, without spreading the illness um, or creating coronavirus, you know, making it worse. Uh, so I don't know. And so we need, we need to pray a lot. We need to ask for God's grace on this community uh, this, this fall and this winter, this spring, because I think it's going to be a long, uh, a long haul. How have you seen your own heart change from your past upbringing to your current position at the Bowery? Yeah, my heart fluctuates. Uh, on my good days, my heart is more cold and hardened, if you will. Um, and I have my days where I do not want to listen to the person on the subway or read the individual's uh, cardboard sign on the sidewalk or interact with the person who's holding the door open for me at, at McDonald's, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I get annoyed and I, my heart is hardened and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. Uh, and then I have those days where um, the gospel is being reminded in my own life and, and how much I need Jesus Christ myself. In um, those days when I'm experiencing the Holy spirit, man, um, my heart is softened and I think I just continue to see the homeless community, um, I guess in a friendlier way, you know, in, in a way of like, wow, these people are, these people are part of my community in life now, you know, like these people are, I see these people at work all the time, you know, like just, just like you get to know, I guess your work colleagues, um, in whatever building that you may work in. Um, or had worked in pre-coronavirus. Uh, mm. These are people I get to see pretty often. Um, and uh, I'll go down to the mission shortly after we're serving breakfast. And it's just so fun to see the community hanging out on the sidewalk, eating breakfast together. You know, we're, we're doing breakfast to go. And so there's community, there's joy, there's laughter, um, there's fun there. And so on those good days, I, I'm just really grateful to be a part of it, I guess. Before we go... What advice or guidance would you give LSQ and the rest of God's church on how to engage with and help out those who are less fortunate than ourselves? Yeah, and a great question today more than ever uh, amidst coronavirus when, um, you know, you, you really need to advocate for yourself and, and what is good for, for your health and, and for your safety. And so, um, uh, you know, I would start by saying pray. Ask the Lord um, what he's put on your heart. Um, we need help. We need help this fall, this winter, and this spring. Um, we are going to need help financially. Um, you know, I think we're called to serve with our treasures, our time, and our talents. And so um, 
you know, if you want to partner with us and uh, help us fund meals and shelter and, you know, provide safe spaces for our homeless neighbors this year, um, we would really love if you consider a gift to help us do that. Um, if you're comfortable volunteering at this time, we always need volunteers because most people aren't comfortable coming down and serving, and that's totally understandable. Um, but if you feel comfortable helping us serve a meal, uh, then we need that. And we're serving meals every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and finally, if you have the time and you maybe want to uh, virtually tutor some of the children's programs that we have, um, you know, we tutor a lot of children, primarily in East Harlem in the South Bronx. Um, we'd love your help there. We would love your help um, uh, helping our men and women um, develop uh, vocational skills. And um, so, so we have some training there uh, that, that can be done virtually. They can find me uh, at mdishman at bowery.org. It's my email. Matt Dishman from the Bowery Mission. Thanks for talking, Matt. Thanks, Ian. Thank you so much for listening to the final episode of LSQ Convos. We appreciate you for sticking with us to this series to get to know our church family more. Redeemer LSQ is a Christian church that believes in the saving power of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Though imperfectly, we strive to be a church, not just for ourselves, but for others. You can find us streaming Sunday worship services on our Redeemer LSQ YouTube channel, among other resources to help bring others closer to Jesus and to each other. This episode of LSQ Convos was produced, written, and edited by me, Ian Costin. The music for today's episode is by Get Back Jack Productions and the California Dropout. You can find both of them and their music on Instagram. Please leave a rating and a review so we can know what you think about LSQ Convos. This is Ian Costin, signing off. <laughs>